Okay, let's get into the Word today. I'm excited about this. We're beginning a new series uh, today called Shine. And uh, if you have your Bibles or if you, your, um, your device, if you want to look there, if not, we'll have it on the screen for you. We're going to look at Philippians 2. Uh, this is one of our main texts for the series. If you're watching online, uh, we welcome you. We're so glad that you have joined us today. And we believe God's going to speak to your heart. Can we make them feel welcome today that are watching online? And I didn't give you a meet and greet time. Maybe we'll do that at the end. Over small group sign-ups. That's what we're doing. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. Powerful verses. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Not that we're fearful over our salvation, but we're fearful with what God has given us to be able to, to walk it out, knowing we could not accomplish it within ourselves. Amen? And then he goes on to say, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He knows you can't do it anyway. He's going to give you some help. Aren't you glad for that? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. He goes on to say, do everything without... Oh, I'm stuck here. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have a problem with that in this house. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Can we say, oh my, for that? That's, that's real today. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. I want to talk to you in this first installment of this series. Title is Shine Love and Joy. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you that your plan and purpose for them is secure. You have a lot invested in them. Lord God, you gave your son for us. And then once we receive him as our salvation, we have your spirit working in us. Today we need you so we can shine for you. And Lord, this world needs it today more than ever. Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Church, would you pray this with me? Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this is not in my notes, so this is a free message. I, during worship time, I just happened to be thinking about our church. And I really believe God is doing something special here. I really do. I believe that he is. This is a season of harvest for us. I really believe that. And every church has those seasons. And I'm, I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful you're willing to come and be a part of what God is doing. And, and uh, many of you have gone way back with us. We're coming into our anniversary month. This month is our seventh year official formal anniversary. And as your pastor, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being awesome people to pastor. 
I'm so glad that you're not a burden or a joy. Now, I do believe, like I said, this is a season for us, a harvest season. And I believe God is setting this church up to shine brighter than ever before. Not that we're better than anybody else. I'm just saying we're going to have hearts open to God more than ever before. So he can work through us to reach not only our, our towns, our county, but to make a difference wherever we go. Can you say amen if you agree with me? You already said amen anyway if you didn't. But I believe you do. So let me get back to this message. Um, and let me open up by saying this. If you are a Christ follower, you must shine to Jesus. You must shine. If you are really a Christ follower, I didn't say Christian. Because we take on that label way too fast now. Christianity, it seems like more than ever, is something that we do. Not who we are. And the scriptures teach us that if we are truly a Christian, we are a follower of Christ. That means we have the Holy Spirit working in us. That means we can help shine. If we just follow the working of the Holy Spirit in our life, we can't help but shine wherever we go. So we are called to shine. Jesus told us that himself. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit within me allows me to shine. I don't have to go by a list of rules. I went into Comcast the other day to get a quote about some cable. I had been to Com with Comcast all our married life until they started messing up my bill, so I went to direct and stayed. And I went into Comcast just to talk to them a little bit about their bills and my and I, I plan on telling them why I left them to begin with. And I told the little girl, I said, this is nothing about you, but I didn't think there was a company that was worse than Comcast. But Direct is. And um, y'all messed up my bill. Y'all, this company's just, you know, I was just, and I looked down, and my mistake was, I had the Move shirt, shirt on. And I couldn't say all I wanted to say. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The truth is, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me say all I wanted to say anyway. He's more concerned about my light shining than whether I could pick up HGTV or not. Does anybody hear me today? And if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, He's just going to let you shine. You'll find that you can't do a lot of stuff that you want to do. A lot of stuff that you want to say, but he will let you shine if you will follow him. And you'll be so glad that he did. Before receiving Christ, we were bound in darkness because of our sin. 
and we thought we were okay until the Holy Spirit done a work in our life and showed us we needed Christ. Look at what the scripture says. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. You know that person that you're praying for and they're just getting worse? And you talk about God and they change the subject on you and they don't see it as a big deal whether they spend eternity in heaven or hell. The God, their God, the God of this age has blinded their minds. But you just keep living it before them. The Holy Spirit will speak to them, amen? It says, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For you, Ephesians 5, 8 says this, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So he gives this charge, live as children of light. You were dark at one time, I was dark at one time. Living in darkness thought I was okay. Thought I was having fun. Praying on the way home because I knew I was a sinner. I didn't know that because I grew up in the church. But I thought I was having fun. Until Christ's light began to shine more and more on my life. And I realized, why would I walk away from that for this? When that is so much better. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And we must know this, your light comes from the Spirit of God working in your life. It's not you, you can't be good enough. You can will it. I was, I, a, lot of, a long time, I tried to be right because I just didn't want to go to hell. But even that fear of hell did not stop me from sinning. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in my life that began to direct me and give, lead me to the light. And I'm so thankful he'll do the same for me, I believe he is. So your light comes from the Spirit of God. It cannot come from you. Let me give you three laws of light. If you're taking notes. First of all, light overpowers. If I turned all of the lights out right now, uh, there's still some ambient light. But, but if we could get rid of all of the light in this room, and I'll lit a small candle, that small candle would overpower the darkness. The darker the dark, the brighter the light becomes. That's the reason, church, we have a unique opportunity in this world we are living now. Because if you have watched any of the news stations, you can see it's getting pretty dark. And as Christians, we can get worried and fearful and, and sometimes join the dark. Sometimes we debate the dark. Sometimes we argue with the dark. And God is just asking us to be the light. Just shine. You don't have to curse the darkness when you're, just, when you're the light. So darkness represents Satan and his evil work. And light, of course, represents Christ. He is the light. His work in your life. And if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has come in your life to overpower any work of darkness that was there. Aren't you glad for that? Now we should be a little bit more glad for that because again, some of us had a lot of dark going on. And if you allow him to work in your life, he gets rid of all of the darkness, all of the work of the enemy in your life. 
even the work of the enemy that other people did to you. He wants to illuminate and overpower that. That's a good place just to say hallelujah. Amen? And the scripture teaches us, it says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That is the gospel. That's the good news. We were bound by darkness. And Jesus said, let there be light in them. You didn't choose Christ. He chose you. The Bible says that you cannot even come to God unless he draws you to himself. And you thought, I thought I was okay doing my own thing. But I was bound by darkness. Could not see that I needed God. Until the Holy Spirit showed up and loved on me and shine, shone his light in my life. When I was in high school, there was a girl that was infatuated by me. And it wouldn't pay, it wouldn't pay. And it, it was the time that that song was out. You light up my life. Anybody remember that song? I'm dating myself. Y'all remember that song? She was so infatuated by me, she put a light bulb in my locker hanging in my locker. It still didn't work. But I am expecting a light bulb in this situation. I'm so thankful that God has a love and infatuation for us. That he wants his light to shine in our hearts. You understand, I'm going to move on in just a moment, but you have to understand how dark the dark was in your life. And maybe some of us are still there today. And maybe you don't even understand that. One thing I found that only when we give our life completely to Christ and we allow Him to shine in our life, we really see what was really there. I was lost and on my way to hell with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he chose to come after me because of his love. He'll do the same for you. So that brings me to the next law of light, is that light exposes. Light exposes. In our country today, in the world today, there's a lot of deeds of darkness. And in the church today, when I say the church, not just new church, but in the church world, there's a lot of people who try to have the light, but overcome the darkness. I'm mean, going to have the darkness also, not overcome, but have the darkness also. It just doesn't work. Is there, is there going to be light or there's going to be darkness? I'll tell you, I thought about this, and I believe it was the Lord as I was studying this for this message. And maybe the Lord gave me this need of darkness because there's some of us struggling with that. But pornography is a deed of darkness in this world that is destroying morality, that is destroying families. It is destroying marriages, intimacy. 
It has a greater effect than what you know. And I believe the Lord would have me to mention one of those. There's many deeds of darkness. But I believe the Lord would have me mention one of those because just maybe someone is here that is trying to hold on to that darkness, but they want the light of God in their life. It does not work. The Holy Spirit in you will illuminate that darkness. And better than that, if you will expose it, but also not to shame you, but so you can overcome it. He wants there to be the light of Christ in every area of your life. When he shows you something, it's conviction. It is love. It is God's love convicting you. If he didn't care about you, he would not tell you. He would just let you go to hell. But he loves us so much that he would convict our hearts so, and, and help us to overcome. Am I making sense today? And he wants to do that for every one of us. And that's just one area. I believe that's an area that's, that he wanted me to mention. But there's many areas like that that the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate. He wants to expose, not to push you away from God so you can be closer to God. And light also attracts. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And that is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Amen. So the third law is light attracts. Flames of fire are very mesmerizing, aren't they? I can just, sometimes we do a fire pit at the house, and I can just sit there and just, and I, and I find myself drawn to that flame, that light as it flickers. Light attracts. Light gains our focus. And that is what our life should be for Jesus Christ. To, the, uh, to other people that are without him, that are still living in darkness, your life and my life should be attractive to them for Jesus Christ. Jesus told us again, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our lives should get the attention of others for Jesus. To draw people to Jesus. Make Jesus more attractive to them. They don't even know they need him until they see Jesus in you. Can we get the, I didn't even ask the guys earlier before, hey y'all, would y'all mind, can y'all dim some of these stages, just dim it just a little bit, not much for the camera, but I have some illustration here. I have a flashlight. I like this little flashlight. This little flashlight, this little flashlight reminds me of the song. Would y'all sing it with me? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bush. No, we don't believe it. If you've heard me before, I've shared about that song. I don't like that song. 
I think that song is theologically incorrect. I don't believe Jesus wants us to have a real life. Do you? And it's okay for a children's song because at that time we're young in the Lord. We didn't really learn how to shine. But you can't be mature in God and still have a little light you holding around. Trying to see in the dark. Come on. But we've grown comfortable. But if we're not careful, we can just get very comfortable with this little light. And we would say that we're a Christian, but we may not live it completely. We may not share about Jesus. We may be very guarded. Everybody's faith is their own. And we have a little light. And I, I don't think Jesus died and went and shamed hell by taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave to not only forgive us of all of our sins, he came out of the grave and went up to heaven and he said, it's better that I go because if I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will not only be on you, but he will be in you. And he said, I want you to go into all the world and cast out devils and speak with new tongues and take up serpents and if you drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt you at all. He said, go make disciples of all nations. I don't think we can do that with I believe he wants us to have a big, blazing, Holy Ghost kind of light. Don't you? I believe he wants us to have a little something more like this. And you better be glad this is the biggest light I can find. If I, if I could have got a hold of a spotlight... I would have brought it in here. But this baby, this one's pretty bright. I mean, that baby puts it out right there. And I think this is the kind of light he wants us to shine in this dark world. Don't you? A big Holy Ghost filled kind of light. And I believe there are many that shine that way here today. But I also know today there's some that This is the sorriest excuse for a light I've ever seen. There's nothing more miserable than need to see something and have a light like this, ain't it true? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I tell you this? You will hurt yourself with a light like this. What you think you see, you don't see. It would be better not to see it all and feel your way around because you think, you think there's, a, there's a step there. <clears throat> I mean, you know, you will hurt yourself. Now, I did, to, to, I did leave it light on and uh, let the batteries run down on this area to make my point. Because some of us have been in the Lord for a long time. We have shown bright to you. But here lately, our batteries are a little I think maybe it's just because of busyness. Maybe it's just because of, it could be because of sin. It could be because of just discouragement. 
And you do want to shine for Jesus. You really do. But your battery is weak. And I believe the Holy Ghost is going to give you some new batteries today. I believe he's going to recharge you in him. Remember, it's not about you anyway. It's about his work in your life. And if you'll light him, if, if you'll let light him, <laughs> if you'll let him, he will light you up. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause for his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. So, that, that is the spiritual truth. And what I always try to do, and I really feel it in this series, that I want to I give spiritual truth, but I also want to give you practical application. I grew up on spiritual truth, and it was great in Revelation. But there was no way for me to know how to walk it out because there was very little practical application. And so this series is about the spiritual truth, yes. But how do we walk it out? What's the practical application to it? So let me give you that. And um, I want to read, which is really the, another main text for us in this series because we're really going to dive in on this one. And that is, let me give you this the best way to shine big for Jesus is to live with a godly character. It's not about your big Christian t-shirt. Matter of fact, when you're in Comcast, that does more harm than good. <laughs> I used to hate driving to church, man. Because as you've heard before, I, I am challenged when it comes to driving. And you just can't slam on the brakes and run somebody off the road back then. I was a lot younger, a little bit more hot-headed. When the church, Mike, we was driving the church van. You can't just act a fool when you got the church name on side of it. They know where to call. So the best way to, I hope you don't mind laughing, that's just the way we do it here. Uh, the best way to shine big for Jesus is to live with a godly prayer. And the Holy Spirit helps us with that. Look at what the Scripture says. The fruit of the Spirit. And this is another way to say that is the character of the Spirit. Or when the Holy Spirit comes in, this is what He produces in your life. It's fruit. It's for you, but not you only. It's for others. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That says forbearance. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's the darkness, right? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So this is when we obey the Spirit of God the godly character is produced in us, not because of us, but because of the Holy Spirit in us. So let's look at two of those today, and that's, we're going to learn how to shine love and shine joy. As a matter of fact, I like to say this, we're going to activate, for those of us who are Christians, who are Christ followers, we're going to activate love and activate joy. How many of you can use some more love and joy in your life? 
How many of you think the world can see some more love and joy? And the reason why I'm using the word activate is because if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you already have this ability because it's His ability. It is already there. You and I just have to walk in the Spirit. Crucify the flesh and walk in the Spirit for these things to be produced in our life. So let's look at activate love. The scripture says this, Jesus, excuse me, first, uh, John said this, not Jesus, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So if you say that you know God, you got to know love because you cannot separate God from love. And again, with this spirit living inside of you, you have the ability to love. Now, it's easy to love the lovable. Let's talk about how we're going to love the unlovable. That's where we got to activate it, right? That's where it's not natural. So we got to learn how to love the unlovable. So we activate God's love for that. So three ways, if you want to take notes, three ways to activate God's love. The first one is this. You've got to pray for them. I want you to think about somebody that you know that's unlovable. You know, there's nobody in this room we know. Somebody that's just hard to love. And I have to ask you this. Have you prayed for them? I know you told people on Facebook about it. <laughs> I know you called your friend up and said, I don't need to gossip, but. <laughs> and I know it was hurt. It was real. Have you prayed for them? Well, I think they deserve what they get. Wouldn't it be a shame if me and you got what we deserve from the Lord? See, we hope he covers all that, right? And he expects us to do the same. So if you really want to love, you don't have a choice as a Christian. You've got to. Jesus has told us and John told us you've got to love. If you, love, if you know God, you've got to love. So we've got to learn how to activate love for the unlovable, you start by praying. And when you pray, this is what happens. Your heart gets lined up with God's heart. Your heart says they need to pay big time. They hurt you. But when you begin praying and spending time with God, your heart lines up with God's heart, and God's heart loves everybody. And you can receive God's love. You can activate God's love when your heart is lined up with His heart. That may be the reason some of us have a difficulty praying. Because we understand God's going to start telling us to do some things we don't want to do. As long as we just give them a little, sing the hallelujah, every now and then, we can keep our little life. And that little light is not quite as heavy as the big light. It don't take as much of batteries to charge that one. The batteries are not as expensive. They sure don't shine. So we pray for them. 
Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Sounds like pretty good, right? Pretty good advice. <laughs> but he said, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So when you pray for them, God's love is activated in your heart. You can actually learn to love your enemy when you pray for them. The second way to activate love is value. That leads us to value. You must value their soul. You must value their eternity. You must value their potential in God. Do you remember the person you were before Christ? And maybe some of us can say, I know I can. To the world standard, I didn't have a lot of value. But to God, I was highly valued. And you are highly valued to God. God values every soul. He said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? So Jesus is saying one soul is worth the whole world. And I really believe this, that if you were the only person on this earth, Jesus Christ would have still died for you because he values you that much. And when we look past the offense and we look past the reasons, and if we just look at their soul, we should value their soul. And we have to think, what would happen if they gave their life completely to Christ? What difference would he make in them? So I want you to not only pray for that person this week, but I want you to think about what they can be in Christ. If they gave their heart fully to God. And the same God that you serve, maybe you do. And the same Holy Spirit that began to work in your life. What would happen if he began to work in your life? So you value them. And then, this is a little bit harder. If you have an opportunity, you do good to them. You do good. Why would I want to do that, you may ask? Well, Jesus told us to. Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to them. For love to live, love must give. Love does not live unless it gives. Uh, ladies that will one day hope to have a husband, if they can't give to you, they can't love you. Man, yep, that's a little something extra. It's the truth. And when we give out of love, love grows. When you give out of love to someone, it's an investment that you make into them. Your love begins to grow for them. So find a way, if possible, to do good to them and ask the Lord to show you a way that he can help you. So this week, we're going to let shine love. We're going to love the unlovable. Man. Now, just be ready for it. You're going to have to put it into practice. You're tested by the word. So you may have a few more unlovable people come in your path this week. But if you'll allow the Holy Spirit, he's going to let you shine love brightly. All right, one more and we're going to pray, okay? Are you with me? Three ways to activate joy. I'll go a little faster on this one. Because we really need some joy today. And I believe one of the biggest tools that Satan uses against Christians is discouragement. 
He wants to use discouragement, which leads to depression. And if he can get you depressed, he can steal your joy. And why does he want to steal your joy? Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. He wants to steal your spiritual strength. So he will use people, he will use circumstances, he will use thoughts to try to get you depressed and discouraged. If I ask you to raise your hand right now, how many of you are battling discouragement? Over half of you would raise your hand. I believe that with all my heart. And I know how that is. I really do. He wants to steal your joy. So we're going to activate joy. We have the Holy Spirit if you're a Christ follower. If not, you'll have the opportunity before you leave today, I pray that you can receive Christ in your heart. But if you already have Christ working in your heart and you're obedient, you have joy already. You just got to activate it. So let's do it today. First of all, first way is you got to be thankful. You got to be thankful. You got to learn to be thankful. The scripture says this, rejoice always, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, not for all, but in all. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants you to be joyful no matter what you're going through. Well, how can I do that? Because of what I'm going through, it's hard. Be thankful. I want every one of us to think about the top five things you're thankful for. Let's take just a moment to do that. The top five things you're thankful for. And maybe some of you want to jot it down just a moment, but go through it. I'll be quiet so you can think. And if you really start thinking on those five things, your situation, your perspective will turn around. When you start thinking what God has already done for you. Now there's many more than five things. What I found with thankfulness, when I start trying to name five, it'll be easy to go to two. Because thankfulness, God blesses that. He really does. And you begin to really see what God has done for you. Some of us, we ought to be thankful for just to be right in, in half our right mind. Much less all. So thankfulness, thankfulness activates joy. God has been good to you. And don't you think if he's been that good to you, he still wants to be good to you? Just think about it. Then that brings me to the second way, and this sort of goes naturally into it. This is the way I start my prayer time, being thankful. And then it just leads naturally to praise, giving God praise. The scripture says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and, and into his courts with praise. We're like drawn closer to him when we begin to be thankful and we begin to be up, begin to praise. But what is praise, Pastor? Do I have to do I have to say these big words that I don't know the meaning of? No, it's just you start out being thankful. You declare what God has done for you. And then you declare who God is. God, you are a great God. There's no one like you. Lord, you didn't leave me by myself. Even when I was, can I give you a little snippet of how I praise? Even when I was running from you, you came after me. You didn't have to, but you did. And God, I don't know why you love me so, but I'm so glad you do. And I just thank you that you are faithful when I am not. There's no one like you. You are great. 
And when you begin to do that from your heart, just begin to, what you know about God, tell him. He doesn't need to know. He already knows he's great. But he likes to hear it from you. He wants your praise. He created us to be instruments of praise. And when we begin to praise him, it's amazing. He lets you know he likes it. How? His spirit begins to stir up in you. And you begin to feel the atmosphere changing. And you, your, your financial situation may not have changed, but somehow you just know it's going to be okay. God begins to stir up inside of you, and you begin to feel a charge in the atmosphere. What happens? The light begins to shine bright. Praise Him. It says, in your presence, the scripture says, is fullness of joy. So when God moves in, there's a joy. Now, this is not just always a happy joy. Joy is a peaceful contentment, a satisfying of the soul. God's got me. Some of us just need to smack our lips on God's goodness. God. You know what I mean? This is what they're doing right now for those Popeye's fried chicken sandwiches. If we could get people waiting in line in their cars to come in and get some Jesus light. I thought about getting about 10 of them sandwiches today and see what would happen. Would you stand, please? One more. One more. If the musicians go ahead and come. The last one is this. Time with God. And really, this is the step for all of godly character. You gotta go to God. You gotta have His presence. Have you ever spent time with somebody and left them and you started talking like them because you spent so much time with them? Nick uh, misses everybody. I talk to him all the time. He actually done those video announcements. He's still doing those for us. I'm not letting him get away with that. I'm not doing that. He said, Dad, I, like, I love it here. I love that news. He said, but here, everybody says, bro. So you know what's going to happen to Nick. What's up, bro? He called me this morning at about 5.30 on his way to church. I told him, when you get back to move church, you better come to church that early. But as soon as I saw it with him, I said, what's up, bro? And when you spend time with people that you care about, you take on their attributes. And that's exactly what happens when you spend time with God. And some of you get too tripped about this. Satan will trip you out about this. Time with God is sitting in his presence, is singing, being thankful, giving some praise, reading the scripture, yes. And just spending time listening, talking. You don't have to have a degree to do that. You don't have to know a bunch of scriptures to do that. You just, God already knows your heart. You just got to tell him your heart. God, I love you, and I want to spend more time with you. You'll be amazed how he loves that. And he, the scripture says, if you draw close to me, I will draw close to you. Time with him. I challenge you this week.
to spend time with God every day. I find it easier to do it in the morning. Start out with 10 minutes. If you have a hard time with this, start out with just 10 minutes and say, God, these 10 minutes. Go somewhere where you won't be distracted. If you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom and lock the door. Say, God, I just want to spend some time with you. And get in the routine. Do it. Three weeks is a habit. And I can, I, I can almost 100% guarantee you this. If you just start spending that time with God, you'll, at first the 10 minutes, you may be watching the watch. But if you'll just keep on learning about Him, feeling His presence in your life, it won't be long where 10 minutes will not, not be enough. And you can't wait to get into His presence. You'll say things like this, like I do. I can't, I gotta spend some time with God. I can't afford not to. I don't have light. But if I can get in His presence, He'll shine in my life. So, I think I'm gonna say some prayers, and maybe some of us today, all of this is foreign to you, that's okay. It'll make sense when you dive in. If you just give your life to Christ, He'll sort it all out for you. It'll be wonderful. I guarantee this, you won't regret it. If you truly just come and give your heart to God, even if you don't have it, I ain't got it all figured out yet. Amen? But if you'll just give your heart to God, you won't have any regrets. One thing you will know, something's done happened. You may not even be able to verbalize it, but you'll know. I don't know, but something, something's happened inside of me. So maybe some of us are here and you don't even have the batteries yet. God loves you so much. He'll bring you to a place like this. If you're watching online, he'll let that computer work long enough so you can know he wants to shine in your life. He wants to give you a battery. If you're here today and you've already given your life to Christ and you're so thankful, let me ask it this way. You've given your life to Christ and you regret it. Would you raise your hand? Nobody. Truly giving your life to Christ. No. So if you're that person today, God loves you. And I believe He's shining His light in you today. He wants you to have His light in uh, I think there may be some of us, though, that are. It don't even come on now. Just weak. Just weak. For whatever reason. Maybe it's lack of joy. You're not. Maybe it is sin that God wants to help you deal with today. Maybe it's that pornography. And He wants to bring you closer to Him. He's got to expose that darkness. But He will. He loves you so much. He'll pull you closer. But maybe you're weak. You need your battery recharged. I really believe He wants to do that by the Holy Spirit. Now, I think there's some of us, though, that we got the light. This is what we need prayer for, though. We just forget that we can turn it on. We got the joy. We just forget that we got to crucify our flesh to turn it on. We got love. The Holy Ghost is inside of us. We can love church people. We can love. But every now and then, we forgot. We forget. We got a light. We got to turn it on, though. Amen? You about to hear just a moment, please. Thank you, God.
Thank you for every person here today. I want to first pray for that person that you would like to give your life to Christ. And we count it an honor today to be able to be here with you. And we hope today begins your life again. So if you have, if you need to ask Christ to come into your life to forgive you of your sins, this prayer, we want to pray in agreement with you. I will say this is not a, a one-time fix-it-all fix it this just initiates a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's what it's about. And if you have sin in your life, you can pray this prayer today. It's a commitment prayer. And we believe God will honor your, your prayer that's in your heart, and he will forgive you of that sin. And the way we do it here, we pray it together. If you're watching online, you can pray it with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son. Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hands, heads still bowed just for a moment. Say, Pastor, I needed that prayer today. That was me. Would you raise your hand real high? just thank the Lord. There's no shame in that. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Put your hand down. Thank you, God. Anyone? Anyone else? If you're watching online, just raise your hand. The Lord knows exactly where you are. You just need to do it for yourself. Raise your hand. Thank you, God. Okay. I want Drew and them, if they would go back into the song, I want us to take just a, just a few minutes, maybe five minutes, okay? If you'll give me five minutes, we'll close out. You'll still be all of the Methodists to the buffet. I want us to spend some time to break in this altar, okay? If you don't know, but this is an altar. We still have altar time, and this is a good height for altar. And if you just need your batteries recharged, let's come and spend some time with God, okay? If you just need to remember, God, I need your help to turn it on. Let's come and just spend some time with God making a dedication, okay? We're going to take just a moment to do that, and we'll close. You can come now. Come on, and let's begin praying.